Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup, episode 90. Now, this is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemasugo and welcome to the very first episode of 2017. So glad you could join me. We're only one week away from returning to our regular coverage of the week's biggest tech and innovation headlines but when the team here at the African Tech Roundup returns from the festive break. And so for one last time this week, we bring you another sneak preview from season six of the African Tech Conversation series. And the African Tech Conversation we're featuring on this show is with Simon Carpenter, who is Chief Technology Officer at SAP Africa. But before I share some moments from my chat with Simon, I'd like to tip my hat to GoDaddy for sponsoring Season 6 of the African Tech Conversation series. Now, GoDaddy makes registering domain names fast, simple, and affordable. They're the world's largest domain registrar, and uh, they're trusted by over 13 million customers around the globe. They provide everything you need to get your business set up online, including award-winning 24-7 support. Now, to save 30% on a new domain name or to use any of their other services, go to trygodaddy.com forward slash African Tech. Again, that's trygodaddy.com forward slash African Tech to save yourself 30%. Now, as many of you know, last week, the world's largest tech conference went down in Las Vegas. Uh, That's CES 2017. Now, if you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, which, of course, I encourage you to do, uh, then you'll know that this year we teamed up with the Swazi Bridge Project to bring you Africa-focused highlights from the expo, courtesy of Nicholas Stewart, who's, of course, CEO and founder of the Swazi Bridge Project. Now, next week, I'll actually have Nicholas on the show to unpack some of the more important announcements that were made at CES, as well as to discuss some exciting new technologies that were on show and chat through some of the more important issues he uncovered at the conference, uh, issues that are likely to impact the continent in 2017. Now, here's a clip Nicholas sent us as soon as he landed at CES 2017, giving us a sense of the vibe and some of the things he was looking forward to checking out at the show. Take a listen. Hello, hello. This is Nicholas Stewart coming at you live from CES 2017. The Consumer Electronics Show is the largest technology convention in the world. It's held in Las Vegas, Nevada, the first week of January every year, and features more than 2.4 million square feet of exhibit space. Now you see why it's the largest tech conference in the entire world. More than 3,800 technology companies come to connect with industry folks, Uh, More than 165,000 attendees will be here this year. 165,000 people in one space is quite a bit. It's the size of a mid-sized city, depending on where you live. These people come from more than 150 countries around the world. This is actually the 50th year that CES has been held. About two days before the general attendees show up for CES, they allow media the opportunity to preview the convention. It's fun to watch them as they transform the spaces in the 10 hotels and convention centers that the conference is being held. It's definitely a lot of buzzing going around as everyone's moving. It looks like a construction zone. Some of the tech buzz this year is around home assistants like Amazon's Alexa and Google Home. There's also a lot of talk about artificial intelligence, VR headsets, and 5G mobile networks. Some of the technologies that are most relevant to the continent of Africa include fintech and e-commerce. Looking forward to checking out different sessions on those topics. 
I'm also looking forward to experiencing VR for the first time when I get to try Microsoft's HoloLens in a few days. And there are also some other tech podcasters that I'm looking forward to meeting while I'm out here at CES. And so again next week, be sure to listen in to hear me chat with Nicholas Stewart for an in-depth report on CES 2017. In the meantime, though, you can check out some of the highlights uh, we've shared on social media, sight sounds and insights that we've posted on Facebook by heading to facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. That's facebook.com forward slash African Tech Roundup. Do check it out. Now it's on to this week's African Tech Conversation Sneak Listen, which, as I said earlier, is drawn from an in-depth chat I had with Simon Carpenter, who is Chief Technology Officer at SAP Africa. In his rather long and varied career at SAP, uh, Simon's been a massive proponent of digital transformation and its role in enabling self-sufficiency, inclusiveness, and sustainable economic growth on the continent. Now, as you'll hear, Simon's also passionate about helping executives understand how SAP can help them drive their innovation and digital transformation agendas. Take a listen. What's what's getting up in the morning going? Let's just let's just go get it, man. <laughs> Lots, but I think if I was to pick out a couple that resonate really, really strongly in Africa, it's our ability to start building more inclusive economies and more inclusive value chains. Let me give you an example. We will we'll shortly be bringing to, to the market, in terms of what we call generally available, uh, general availability, a product that will allow us to enable the very small-scale farmer to participate in the, val- the agricultural value chain. If you go to a country like uh, Uganda, uh, around about 80% of all the jobs that are done in Uganda are done in agriculture, but it's only about 23% of GDP. So that tells you straight away there's lots of very, very, very small-scale farmers who are subsisting today. Now, this solution of ours will allow that small-scale farmer to understand how to farm better so they can produce more. More importantly, it will understand, it'll help them to understand the best price that they can achieve for their product and when to, when to sell it and where to sell it. So they'll capture more of the value that today they're often not seeing. You know, they're selling their stuff to to a co-op and then to a middleman and someone else is taking all the value this allows us to 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 turn that around but at the same time by bringing that whole agricultural value chain together we also provide value to the downstream players the commodity buyers and the consumer products manufacturers because now if you think about you and me drinking coffee drinking cocoa whatever eating chocolate we're more and more interested in understanding where did that cocoa bean come from? Where did that coffee bean come from? Was it grown in, in, you know, in fair trade conditions? Was there slave labor involved? What kind of pesticides were used on that product? By helping the, inclusive, you know, the small-scale farmer, we're actually helping everybody in the value chain because we're capturing the data at source. Where was it grown? How was it grown? Who grew it? When did they grow it? And we can capture that all the way through through the value chain. So so what that talks to you and, and something we're heavily invested in as an organization is the notion of business networks where you bring together everybody who has some role to play in getting that service delivered or getting that product onto the shelf where you and I you and I buy it. That's turning on its head um, a stereotype I have toward, you know, regarding SAP, this idea that um, unless you're an enterprise of a certain size, uh, you know, if you're not hitting certain <laughs> you know, you know, uh, metrics in terms of revenue, like it's not even 
doesn't even make sense to approach uh, SAP to to explore solutions or or partner in any shape or form. Is that is that a misguided notion? It is, but it's it's also very interesting to know how long perceptions linger. Okay, we created that perception because in the early days of SAP, we very clearly pursued the large organizations. You know, we grew our organization on the back of multinationals who were expanding. So, you know, Bayer, BASF, Coca-Cola, uh, Daimler Chrysler, BMW, all these big organizations that have expanded globally were our first customers. So we created the perception that we're for, we're for very large businesses as you, as you ha- hold in your own mind. The reality is very different. If you look numerically at our customer base, over 80% are SMEs. So on the African continent... No, seriously? Seriously. On the African continent today, we have over 1,300 companies, customers using SAP. Most of those are pretty small organizations because, you know, once you get outside of South Africa, you very quickly go from having large organizations like Sassel or SAB Miller or Anglo-American or Telcom or Standard Bank into much, much smaller organizations. And those are the guys that are using our software to grow their small businesses, be competitive, and take on the big guys in a way that they might not have been able to do if we hadn't enabled them. So we have a, a, a burgeoning startup scene across the continent. Yep. Who do you want to have conversations with? Uh, who listening now do you hope will give you guys a shout and say, listen, this is what we're working on. How could we add value in your ecosystem? How could we leverage your scale and and relationships and access to markets in order to roll out the solution? So, so let me go a little bit beyond just the startup program. F- firstly, let me say to, to any person out there, who is contemplating whether they should pursue a career in IT and specifically with SAP, go and have a look at www.opensap.com. That is our uh, massively uh, online open course platform, and there's lots of content in there where people can uh, get uh, a view of different aspects of SAP. Like a MOOC. It's a MOOC. It is a MOOC. It is a MOOC. Definitely a MOOC. So go and have a look at that. Um... That's the first thing I would say to individuals. Go and do that because you'll learn a hell of a lot. Then if you already have an idea about how you might be able to get data from different places and things, and if you could bring that data together and marry it and process it really fast and expose it to the outside world on a mobile application with some kind of maybe fancy algorithm that turns it into real value, we want to be talking to you. Because our SAP startup program is all about taking organizations who have an idea around data and connectivity uh, that they want to bring to the platform. We will support them. We will give them access to the platform. uh, And they basically don't have to put their hands in their pockets for anything until they're ready to go commercial. Um, I had a conversation with Stephen Bacola, Barclays Africa, moving over to MTN uh, group. And uh, he reckons... You know, the, the likelihood of, of big-scale players like, uh, you know, the major banks, like the, the, the mobile telcos, not unlike, you know, SAP, are unlikely to be disrupted entirely, if, if ever, um, because of the, this profound advantage they have in terms of access to market and the scale they provide. And, and in his mind, uh, no, and not to his mind, so that's, that was his thought. And uh, to my mind, I'm increasingly beginning to feel as though if you do have an idea uh, worthy 
uh, of you know market uh, market worthy idea really uh, you, you need to brush up on your your, your partnership skills and, and start to make the relationships with with players who can actually help you get to the market and and and, and scale quickly enough to to make a serious go of it what what do you make of that thinking or you know that deductive reasoning based on what I, I learned from Stephen no I think I think there's a lot of merit to that I mean we have seen organizations disappear um, one of the one of the pieces of of uh, sort of provocative information I use is the fact that since the turn of the century, so since 2000, uh, 52% of the incumbents that were on the Fortune 500 list then are no longer there today. Now, they may not have disappeared entirely, but they've certainly slid off the Fortune 500. And um, they, but some have disappeared. I think the issue is that you have to constantly think about who's chowing away at my value chain. So if you're in banking today, the payments industry, lots and lots of fintechs in there. You've got crowdfunding that's you know, eating away a little bit at the, at the lending aspect of banks. So you've got to look at those organizations and understand where, if they were to able to scale, where would they disrupt you? And, and, and how would you respond? And of course, if you're a startup in that space... Um well, trust me, the rest of that conversation is definitely worth a listen and uh, available right now on africantechroundup.com. You can also find the series on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or any other good podcatcher when you search for African Tech Conversations. And of course, many thanks to GoDaddy for sponsoring this season of African Tech Conversations. Remember that you can buy your own domain name, build your site, or use any of GoDaddy's business tools and save 30% by heading to Try GoDaddy daddy.com forward slash African tech. And so folks, that's it for this week. Do join me again next week on African tech roundup.com. Uh, you're welcome to uh, follow us on social media on Facebook with facebook.com forward slash African tech roundup on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, we are African roundup. Can't wait to hear from you. But for now, I'm Andy Limasugu. Until next time, do take care, Africa.